Welcome to the first episode of the Purple Nights podcast in the year 2020. And we're starting off things in a special way with author Erica Thompson. And today we'll be talking about her book that she's been working on for a number of years. And also we'll be talking about Prince and Academia. So it should be an interesting discussion. Erica, I actually had you on my first podcast that I started way back in 2010. And uh, that was a long time ago. I'm sure you've researched and written a lot more since then, but we'll we'll talk about that. Well, why don't you start out telling us about sort of the background of your book project and how you were inspired to write the book? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me on again. And it is funny how quickly 10 years pass. But I... You know, I think I everyone has their own entry points into Prince. Of course, a lot of us love the music, and I love the music too, but I think his spirituality drew me in from the very beginning. So being in high school and watching Purple Rain, I was fascinated with him as a musician and fascinated with his image. He was just cool. <laughs> but I, you know, going out and getting his newest album at the time, which was the Rainbow Children, I was really moved by his message. And I just really wanted to know what happened in those years between 1984 and 2001 that led him to the spiritual path he was on being a Jehovah's Witness. And so as I started studying, um, I, it, I just became fascinated by the messages about God that were always there from the very beginning. And so when I went to college, I started to write about it. And in graduate school, I wrote my thesis on his spiritual journey. And um, my goal was to try to interview as many people as possible to kind of help me unpack it. And um, after completing my thesis, I decided I wanted to keep going and turn it into a book. So that's kind of a, a brief overview of it. Wow, yeah, that's that's great. That's quite an introductory album to to start out with. The Rainbow Children is very, very uh, inspired. And even though I'm a I'm a Christian, but but not a Jehovah's Witness, and even though uh, his spiritual path was different from mine, I totally respected and was in awe of his passion and his excitement to share his newfound belief system with with his fans. So, yeah, that's a great album to sort of get uh, drawn into and sort of explore the spiritual themes going on in his work. So that's really interesting. And so you've been writing it for a while, right? You started when, in, in 2008 after college? Um, 2010, actually. Um, so, okay. yeah, <laughs> when I was in graduate school, I, I consider that my start date. And when I really started hitting the ground running with interviews, so in 2010, my very first interview was with Gail Chapman, um, one of his early band members. And so, yeah, from 2010 to 2020, now I have over 40 interviews done and um, <laughs> almost 400 pages written. So uh, it's been quite wow. a lot of work. I know. I'm ready to wrap it up. <laughs> so hopefully I'll be doing uh, that soon. But it's been a lot of work. 
Yeah, shout out to Gail Chapman. She's a very, very kind person, and I've interacted with her several times on Facebook. So shout out to Gail. Wow, what a what a tremendous number of interviews, and I'm sure a tremendous number of hours invested in in interviewing all these people. And uh, what would be one thing that you learned about Prince that you were surprised to learn, or that people might be surprised to know? Um, I would say how dynamic his journey was. So. I think when I first started this project, I thought we would kind of only be in the world of Christianity, um, but that's not the case at all. Um, so especially like during the 90s, um, talking to people and listening to his music, and it's really important to to listen to his music to find out more about him. And you see a lot of messages about reincarnation and the third eye and um the Hindu god Shiva, <laughs> like a lot of things, a lot of things like that. And so I think that has been um, most surprising to me, just how how in-depth his journey is. It, it's not limited to just one religion, and I think that would surprise a lot of people. Right. I mean, just coming, just thinking about it just now, I'm, I'm reminded of, of different themes, you know, going on in his music through the years, everything from Egyptology to Afrofuturism. So it's it's mm-hmm. really interesting stuff and, and I'm sure I'm sure your book delves into a little bit of that a little bit of each of those. Uh four hundred pages, wow, that's that's a lot to lot to digest, but uh, but uh <laughs> I've been I've been looking forward to this book ever since I first uh found out about it. So I think it's one of the most important books that's going to come out in terms of scholarly research about Prince, and uh, it's it's interesting because his religious side, well, his spiritual side, I should say, is is one of the things that that drew me to him. I've been a fan since I was three years old, so before I could even really formulate a a deep complex thought I knew that Prince was a deeply spiritual artist and that has always sort of resonated with me so a project like this uh, I'm all about it so definitely and uh, the academic world um, as far as it concerns Prince has been really active in recent years since his untimely passing, and you and I actually both presented at a symposium in April 2018, and that was quite an experience. I got to go after you, so I sort of incorporated you into my presentation, but it wasn't uh, delivered or anything like that, but it was it was a great experience. Can you talk a little bit about your academic work yeah sure and it was it was such a pleasure to meet you in person and present on the on the panel with you but yes i think i've presented at three conferences now and then um moderated um a panel at one of them and then there's two more coming up in 2020 that i plan to participate in too so like you said there has been a lot of activity uh the first one was um 
over in Manchester, England, um, in 2017, and that was my very first one, the Purple Rain Conference, and that was wonderful just to, first of all, just to really push myself to even go overseas for the first time, well, to Europe for the first time, I should say, uh, to do something like that, and it was really cool how many people, like Prince, I mean, the love and the study of Prince. Uh, really brought over there. So, you know, funny enough, I'm in Columbus, Ohio, and I met um, someone from Columbus, Ohio over in England, and we, we had never crossed paths before, and I've been able to meet so many people. I think the relationships um, that I've been able to form from these conferences have um, been really cool. But as far as presenting my work, so what I've done, because my book is so extensive, and I really feel that it's going to be a comprehensive look at his spirituality, I've been able to break my book down into different sections and present those different sections at different conferences. So the first one, I just really focused on his journey um, from birth to the end of the 80s. And then um, at the one you and I attended at uh, the University of Minnesota, um, Prince from Minneapolis conference or symposium rather, I presented his spiritual journey from 1990 through 2016. And then there was another one um, that was solely focused on love sexy, which is such an important chapter in his spiritual journey. And so I presented my work just on that particular um, area area. And then there was a Batman conference um, last year, and I just helped out with introducing some of the speakers and then asking them questions for that one. Because while, you know, there is some spirituality on the Batman album, I just didn't think that um, I should, I had enough to present on that or that it caught, it really called for that. But I don't think I was asked to present <laughs> anyway. I think I was just asked to help out, which I was more than happy to do. And there were a lot of um, great presentations during that conference as well. So that's kind of like an overview of what I've done so far. That's that's wonderful. There, there are a lot of great voices in the Prince community that have really, have really come to the forefront, especially after 2016. And I'm thinking of, of people like Kenisa Williams. Shout out to her, uh, panelist of the great News to the Pharaoh podcast on podcastjuice.net. Shout out to her and Michael Dean of the Prince podcast. And if you haven't listened to News to the Pharaoh, it's, it's uh, taking a look at Prince from the feminine perspective, which is fascinating and very valuable and very relevant in today's culture, I think. So I love those guys, and shout out to them. Also, you mentioned Columbus, Ohio, and I've got to give a shout out to Mr. Scott <laughs> Woods, uh, who wrote a excellent book of Prince essays that I'm currently reading through now, and I'll have a review of that here in the near future. Looking forward to that. And I'm also hoping to have Scott on the podcast as well. And you two recently did a podcast as well on the unreleased track 2020, did you not? Yeah. Um, yeah, Scott's great. Um, 
Yeah, it's called the Purple Cannon, and it's our very first one, and we did it just because we always talk about prints, and sometimes we think we should record our conversations because we hope that people will find value in them, and then we hope that we are sharing a perspective that maybe isn't out there. So it was really fun to talk about a song called 2020, you know, as we are in now in the year 2020, but we also just... um kind of talked about other themes so that was like our introduction into talking about things like his spirituality and then also his use of um, space and place in his music um, like whether it's 2020 or the dawn or paisley park or things like that so i think it was just um kind of a really interesting conversation and you know the folks that you named are great and I could name a thousand more people. It's just so people, so many people are doing great things in the print scholarship space. Um, you know, I think sometimes people can get the feeling that maybe it's too crowded or, you know, not enough room for more, but I don't think that way because I think print is so vast that we can always pull different things to talk about. Um, and so some of the things that I'm kind of interested in seeing going forward is um, more analysis on the music uh, because, you know, I'm a musician, but I'm not <laughs> the the musician to talk about the things that he's doing musically. And he's doing a lot of um, complex, really interesting things um, that I would love to hear musicians and musicologists and ethnomusicologists kind of break down for us. So that is what I would really hope to see, and any way that I can help make that happen, um, you know, I, I would hope to do so in the future. Yes, yes, it's interesting you mentioned the, the musicology side of it. I've got to give another shout out to actually one of the inspirations for this podcast and all my other previous iterations that I've had throughout the years is the Peach and Black podcast, the guys from Australia, and in particular, on the musicology side of things, um, I think they're all, I believe they're all musicians, all the guys, but in particular, Toe Jam is a very, very insightful guy in terms of talking about musicality and really breaking down, you know, the musicality in Prince's work. So shout out to Toe Jam and all you musicians and scholars out there, we need more material about Prince's music and the musicology and all of that stuff. It's all fascinating, but we definitely need more on musicology, definitely. Well, why don't you talk a little bit more about um, the book that you're working on, not to turn it on you, but I would like to hear more about the book that you're working on, and then also more about your spiritual connection to him. So you talked about filling it since you were young, but um, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I would love to hear like what songs really resonate with you too. So if you could talk about those two things and then I'll chime in. Well, um, it's, it's kind of cliche and I, cause I hate to say it because a lot of people say, you know, casual fans, you can tell the casual fans, from the hardcore fans, from the songs that they mentioned and the songs that they like and love. And for me, the the number one song in my life that's resonated most with me is Purple Wind. And mm. I feel kind of bad and kind of icky saying that because it's such a cliche answer. 
everybody knows Purple Rain, but for me, I have an intense spiritual connection to it. And that's because when I was around 12 years old, I was dealing with tremendous, tremendous hip pain from not being able to bear weight as a baby. So what happened was the ball joint of my hip sort of rode up and started rubbing against the cartilage above the socket until it was bone against bone. So the pain was tremendous. And dealing with that physical pain and also the emotional struggles that come with living with cerebral palsy and, you know, the, the lack of mobility and all that sort of compounded. And uh, I was in a really dark place around 12 years old. And I was contemplating taking my own life. And uh, I was listening to Prince at the time, the song Purple Rain, and I had what I can really only describe as a spiritual epiphany where God spoke to me. It wasn't necessarily the, the sound of a voice, but it was just an inner dialogue that I knew was coming from outside of myself and beyond myself, and I knew it was God. And God told me that Prince's music would always be there in my life as a reminder of God's presence and also a reminder of the divine and sacred nature of life itself. So... I guess, yeah, that's the basically the centerpiece of my book, which is basically a memoir of my life told through the lens of being a being a Prince fan basically my entire life. So I've, I've split it up into three sections, uh, childhood, teen years, and adult years, and I'm just exploring different themes in Prince's life and work that apply to my life and influence my life very positively. And one of them, of course, is spirituality. And um, and in addition to uh, my experience with Purple Rain, the Love Sexy album came out the year before my grandmother passed away. And it was the first uh, time in my life that I experienced the passing of a loved one. So the spiritual messages of Love Sexy sort of opened my mind to being more more faithful and more cognizant of, of God and of spirituality. So those are two two main areas of my life where where Prince's spirituality has resonated deeply with me, and those will be in the book along with other other themes. So that's yeah. that's basically what the book is. Wow, that that's amazing, Chris, and I'm looking forward to reading that too. And I have a few things to say um, about about what you just said, but before I do, would you mind telling us how old you are, just so we can kind of get a sense of the, how your timeline intersected with Prince's and his music? 
I'm 39. I'll be 40 in March. Okay. Okay. So not that much older than me. I'm <laughs> I'm 34. Um, okay. But yeah, yeah. So that's um, that's that's really cool. So, but I but first, I guess I want to start with Purple Rain. Yeah. Don't feel bad <laughs> about saying that, and no one should should um, criticize anyone for saying they have a connection to Purple Rain because. Purple Rain was a very spiritual song for Prince, um, and I'm just saying that based on, I mean, you can you can watch him perform it and see that, uh, but then also from the people I talked to, and, I, and I'm sure some hardcore fans out there have heard these stories, but sometimes Prince would, after performing Purple Rain, he would just immediately leave the venue and get in his car and leave because it was just kind of too emotional for him. He had to go kind of get out of that state because it was too overwhelming at times for him to perform. And one, one thing that I go into in my book is um, kind of looking at how he changes the lyrics in Purple Rain when he performs it live, depending on what spiritual message he wants to put out there or how he wants to present it. So, you know, at times, um, instead of saying, let me guide you to the purple rain, he'll say, let let the Lord guide you. Um, sometimes he'll say, let Jesus guide you. Sometimes he'll say, let love guide you. So that was a really spiritual, spiritually important song to him. So yeah, never, ever feel bad about that. When you talked about something that really struck me is when you just said that um, the message that you got from God was that, um, you know, Prince's music reminds us about... Um, you know, God's existence, I mean, depending on whatever your beliefs are. But that's one of my main themes in my book is that, to me, Prince was always trying to tell us about God's existence um, throughout his his entire discography, um, always, no matter, I mean, the, the way he presented it changed, but that, to me, is a very consistent message, that and the importance of love and God being love. Um, so that um, that really, really struck me uh, when you said that. So, again, I look forward to that. And then also I think, um, and I talked to Scott about this actually too, Scott Wood, is that when we when we think about some of the other writing that, that we think is going to come out on Prince, it's going to be a lot of these personal accounts, um, which are really interesting because he, Prince affected so many people in so many different ways. And it is really cool to see uh, what that looks like across the board. Yeah, it is really cool. And, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, not to get too uh, in-depth with it, because I know Prince was uncomfortable with the idea of, of making turning people into idols and idol worship and all that. But I really do believe deep down at my core that Prince was one of God's messengers on earth in the time he was on earth. And like you say, his overarching message was to preach that God is alive and God is, is love. So yeah. and I wholeheartedly believe that and subscribe to that belief. And uh, he's just a really important artist not only for myself but for for millions of people all around the world and that that's that power that essence or that energy is still resonating 
even though he's no longer physically with us. And I really want to want to make that point to people is that Prince is still with us. He's still here, and he's still um, he's still bringing about change and awakening and all of that to to the world. So I just wanted to. I just wanted to say, I was just moved to say that in the moment. But, um, yeah. yeah, I really believe that. And uh, it's really, uh, it's a really powerful thing. So, also, you had a blog documenting your, your work and your progress with the book. Uh, it's a purple day in December.com. Talk a little bit about that. And, you have you have different contests and things that you put on periodically, and it's a really interesting blog and really really uh, nice to uh, look at and, and interact with in a really interactive format to sort of put your material out there and let people interact with you as you're on this journey of writing this book. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Um, so yeah, I've been doing it. I, I've been doing it since 2010 too, and it's um, you know, it's funny because you know the first couple years of it, I was very active, but then like as time went went on, I wouldn't blog as often. But then I um, I set a goal in 2019 to blog every Friday of the year, and I made that goal, <laughs> which was huge for me, and I intend to keep doing the same thing. But, yeah, it, it includes um, a lot of different things. So, you know, sometimes I give, and I, I think I did this more in the past than I do today, but I give a lot of insight into what this process has been like for me. Um, you know, gosh, I think in the past I've talked about how I organize my notes. Um, or how I request primary documents or, you know, how I come up with interview questions. Um, as time has gone on, I have started branching out. So sometimes I'll do interviews um, that have nothing to do with my book um, but are still Prince-related. Like you said, sometimes I do uh, giveaways um, and sometimes I write about different things that may not always be spiritual, but then sometimes I do give um, kind of insight into what you can find in the book. Like um, a recent post that I did was looking at three spiritual messages on the Come album or messages on emanci- spiritual messages on emancipation or 3121. Um, but I think what I hope is one of the most interesting things for people is I do give sneak peeks at interviews that I do. So I've tried to – so I have a list of all the interviews I've done so far on my website – and then um, most of them are hyperlinked, so you can go get a li- like a little taste of what we talked about. So I'm hoping that that kind of entices people uh, to buy the book um, eventually. And like you said, it's been a great way to build up um, a base of of readers um, who I hope will um, will will read the book when it comes out. Oh, definitely, definitely. So what? What's coming up next for you in the immediate future? I mean, I know there's a there's another conference at the University of Minnesota, which which they they followed me from the very beginning on Twitter, but since it was 
put on by the same people that that uh, hosted the Purple Rain conference. I mistakenly assumed that the, the conference would be held in Europe, so I never reached out to them about submitting a presentation topic, or otherwise I would have had I known it was going to be uh, in Minneapolis. So I'm kind of disappointed in myself about that. But will, will you be presenting there then in June? Yes. Um, so, and I, um, yeah, I'm sorry that that uh, didn't work out, but, I, you know, there are going to be, I, I have a feeling there are going to be many, many other conferences. Um, so yeah, I look forward to seeing you present at the other conferences that pop up too, and I hope that you'll still attend. But yeah, I, I June 2nd and 3rd, and I can't, it might not be exactly the University of Minnesota. It might be a neighboring college. I don't have it right in front of me, uh, but oh, okay, um, okay, it, yeah, yes, yeah, but it's right. um, yes. yeah, yeah. So look that up. I mean, it's called Prince seventy eight through eighty eight, an interdisciplinary conference, and so it's just focusing on those ten years of his career. So what I'll be doing is again um, taking something that is kind of based on my book, but it's how journalists have talked about Prince's spirituality because that's um, another source um, of analysis for me is kind of looking at how the media talked about Prince and it is interesting to see what spiritual messages they picked up on and what which ones they didn't pick up on completely ignored sometimes they didn't even consider him spiritual and then like for love sexy it was kind of like oh wait wait he does he is the spiritual guy or whatever so um <laughs> i'm going to present an overview of that of how they viewed him for those 10 years and then also there's going to be um another conference I don't know how public it is, maybe, <laughs> yeah, um, but um, so maybe I won't say too much about it, but in April, uh, there's going to be another one, and I, I will be presenting um, on that, so please, I guess, keep your eye on a purple day in December for when I talk more about that, um, that's coming up, and then also, I recently, uh, my writing was recently published in a book called um, Theology in Print. Um, on Lexington Books, and um, you can go to my website and find out more about that, too, but it's um, a collection of different essays about different spiritual topics, and mine was on Graffiti Bridge, um, and because, in, in my opinion, Graffiti Bridge was a really important chapter, again, in his spiritual journey, too, and I think even though the movie isn't very good <laughs> um i guess compared to 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 other movies or even uh, uh even even other movies that he's done but it was important to him and the message that he was trying to convey was important to him too um so i talk about that um so i think that and <laughs> completing my book this year are the things that are coming up for me okay um, since you're going to be in town, are you planning on attending Celebration 2020 at all? You know, I don't know. I attended in 2018 for the first time, and it was amazing. Um, but I'm not sure. I would love to, but honestly, like a lot of people, it does come down to finances. So 
I am taking a trip out there. Yeah, right? Like, I'm taking a trip out there for the conference, and then I'm also doing another conference, and so I do have to watch my budget. Like, I'm a a full-time journalist, and we don't make the most money (laughs) in my industry. So, yeah, I have to watch my budget. So, if I come into some money, sure. But if not, I don't know. (laughs) What about you? Well, I'm... I attended for the first time last year, last April, and uh, I I had a wonderful time. So I'm planning on I'm planning on hopefully attending again. Um, I have a little extra incentive because one of my co-hosts for the Purple Nights podcast, she's known as Dreamy Pop Royalty. That's her pseudonym, I guess, for the podcast. Yeah, I've heard of her. She, yeah. Uh huh. She's thinking of making the trip and attending celebrations. So if if she does that, my head will probably literally explode with excitement. <laughs> so I'm hoping she makes the trip. If she makes the trip, I'll definitely uh, I'll definitely probably be there. So definitely, but I might I might be in town for the symposium as well and attend that as well, uh, depending on what my schedule is like. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to all the different things that are happening, you know, Prince related this year and for the podcast I have a lot of ideas cooking but nothing finalized so far. Like I said, I wanna get Scott Woods on the show if I can. Um, I've also been talking to Prince's friend, the YouTube personality. Yeah. I'd like to get mm-hmm. him on as well to talk about navigating the posthumous waters, if you will, in the Prince world and and what should be done by the estate and also by the different uh, record companies that own the different rights to the material now. So I'm looking forward to that. Also, to mention Dreamy Pop Royalty again, I'm looking to have her on so we can do a deep dive into 1999 Deluxe and specifically the two discs of unreleased studio material. Uh, I know a lot of podcasts have already explored that closer to the release date, but Dreamy Pop and I wanted to let the music marinate for a few weeks before we really embarked on discussing it and analyzing it and all that good stuff. So... Those are some of the things that are upcoming in my neck of the woods. And, of course, working on writing my memoir, which will be entitled Elephants and Flowers, funny enough. And if, if for those who don't know, Elephants and Flowers refers to the fact of the di- diversity of God's creations. And uh, Prince is basically saying that God made everything from the large, cumbersome elephant to the beautiful, delicate flower. (laughs) And I think that's a great uh, title for my book uh, to not only give tribute to Prince, but to God as well. So that's why I chose that title. And uh, I'm going through some writer's block, as we all do right now, but I hope to have the uh, book written within a year or I'm giving myself a maximum of two years 
I hope it's not going to be 10, but we'll see. Uh, (laughs) I don't have to conduct any interviews or do any really tough research like you've done. But uh, so it should be an interesting experience. I'm looking forward to the different opportunities the year will bring. And uh, I'm very, very uh, fortunate that you agreed to do the podcast. And I'm very honored to have you as a guest. Where can people find you on social media if they want to connect? Yeah, sure. Um, You can find me at Miss underscore E. Thompson. So that's M-I-S-S underscore E. Thompson, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N, and that's for Twitter and Instagram. Um, I just started a Facebook page for the blog, so you can go to facebook.com slash a purple day in December. Um, so that's social, and then of course I've mentioned my website before, purpledayindecember.com. Um, that so that's pretty much where you can find me. And again, Chris, I just want to say thank you for supporting me um, for all of these years. It's really uh, meant a lot to me, um, especially because it has taken so long. And so I, I just, I really, I can't say how how much I, I really appreciate um, how you've um, supported me. So. It's an honor to be on your show again. Oh, well, thank you so much. And the honor's all mine because I know this book is going to be really, really special. And I know it's I know it's been a lot of hard work, a lot of time invested, but I know it's a labor of love. And it's a passion project. Like you said, it started, it stemmed from your graduate work. And, and you just, you had to, you were, you were called to do this, so it's it's very it's very very cool, and it's very very exciting to to have been a supporter of this for for this long, and the, the fact that you're tied this year as far as you know when to wrap things up is really exciting to know that we're in the home stretch toward finally getting this in our hands. So I. I cannot wait until this book is out, and I will be promoting it like a madman, supporting it in any way I can. So let me know however I can help. Purple Nights Podcast is on Facebook and Twitter, at PK Podcast, and Facebook.com slash PK Podcast. So look me up there. You can... Uh, you can uh, mentioned me on my personal Twitter, which is writer CL Johnson. And uh, with that, I guess we'll wrap things up for now. First uh, podcast of 2020, and it was a great one. Thank you, Erica, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Until next time, we'll see you later. Thank you. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.